Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast, where it's my mission to help new practitioners of Chinese medicine navigate from school to career. I'm Stacy. I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist, podcaster, coach, and creator of Magical Networks. Be sure to check out all four pillars of the podcast where I cover case studies to sharpen your clinical skills, mindset Mondays to support your mental health, new practitioner interviews to prove that you are not alone, and all things business from launching your practice to negotiating your pay if you choose to be an employee. This podcast is made possible by our sponsors. So if you would like to support the podcast, be sure to check out the sponsors page on the website to claim your special AccuSprout offers. When I first started my practice, I was actually kind of a disaster when it came to my books. I hired an accountant who actually laundered money from another client. So I went on a quest to find a bookkeeper who really tailors to and loves working with acupuncturists. And I found Sarah at Horizon West Bookkeeping, and I'm feeling pretty fortunate. Sarah offers acupuncturists and the AccuSprout community a couple different packages so that she can meet you where you are. If you're new to practice, she can come in and do what's called a QuickBooks startup package for you, where you get pretty deep discounts on QuickBooks for about four months. She sets up your chart of accounts, assists with linking your bank accounts, makes sure that all the transactions are imported, and then teaches you how to use it with two hours of one-on-one training. It's a killer deal. She also offers cleanup packages and catch-up packages. Not catch-up packages, guys. Catch-up packages. And a monthly package, which is what I use. And I find it quite affordable and so, so, so worth it because, honestly, I never, since the beginning, have been able to keep up with my bookkeeping. You can schedule a free 15-minute consultation with Sarah to make sure that you guys are the right fit for each other. And you can do that at horizonwestbookkeeping.com forward slash AccuSprout or look for the link in the show notes. Today's episode is also sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your acupuncture practice. Jane offers flexible scheduling options that match the way you work. You have the option of offering one-on-one online sessions for initial consults, meeting in person, and scheduling staggered appointments to accommodate treating patients across different treatment rooms. Jane has you covered. Keep the relaxation going with a seamless checkout experience using Jane's PCI-compliant payment solution, Jane Payments. You can collect patient credit cards securely through your intake form or at the time of booking with an online booking payment policy. This can also help reduce no-shows in your practice. It's a win-win. And Jane's unlimited SMS and email reminders can be sent automatically before each appointment as an extra layer of no-show protection. To learn more about how Jane's helpful features can help you power your acupuncture practice, head to jane.app to book a one-on-one demo with a member of their team. Or if you're ready to get started, head on over to accusprout.com forward slash Jane. And remember to use the code accusprout1mo at the time of sign up to get a one-month grace period applied to your new account. Welcome to the AccuSprout Podcast. This is Stacey Whitcomb, and I am your host. I've been toiling with my internal narrative lately on failure. I have failed so many times in my life. Big failures, like bankruptcy and foreclosure. I don't have children, and I have never been married, and I'm in my late 40s. 
Um, in 2011, my 17-year-long massage therapy practice tanked because of the recession, and I found myself making minimum wage selling $500 shoes to the super-duper wealthy. And now in 2020, I once again face-planted in the business world due to the coronavirus. Um, so, But this has been my best failure yet because... I'm I'm done and I, I feel like I'm changing my tune. I'm I'm retiring perfection. <laughs> Putting it to bed. I am through with trying to nail it in the first try. Instead, I'm changing my narrative to just doing my best, hoping it's good enough, and then making it a little better next time. I refuse to allow like any self-negative rhetoric around this recent downturn. Instead, I'm asking myself, like, where are the opportunities? Because there are always opportunities in adversity. There are always ways to serve and help other people in ways that matter. There are ways to piece your dream back together or create a new one. So my goal is just don't try to make it perfect. Just make it mine. So I'm really inspired by Seth Godin. And um, if you haven't heard of Seth Godin, then just go YouTube. You can listen to him forever and ever. He's written millions of books and maybe not millions, but he's great. I highly suggest you do a whole Seth Godin binge. Um, But here's what he says about failing. The way that we do work that matters is by failing, by learning, by noticing, by repeating, by putting ourselves out there seeing what happens, and then doing it again. It's so simple. And I don't know about you, but when I do new things, I tend to feel like I'm just failing, failing. And it really is hard. So and it can make me quite a miserable human to be around. Um, but I'm, I'm going to learn to be okay with that. <laughs> I'm going to continue to have successions of small failures followed by doing better, and I invite you to join me. I'm going to just stay consistent in action, absolutely no withering on the vine. Keep moving. So without further ado, here is my second podcast and my first interview, the best I have right now mixed with some bits of not very good and it could be better. Let me set a quick narrative for you. I hired an accountant and she was awful. (laughs) She was so nice. You guys, she was so, so nice. And I got sucked into that and it, it, it went sideways pretty much. Um, at the end of last year, she, uh, told me that she was in a little bit of a trouble and I just, it, I didn't even think about it. It just went right over my head. But here are some things that made her not so great. I was always confused when I left her office. I never knew really what she was talking about. And this is crazy because my undergrad degree is business. Part of it is business. And I've had accounting. And I, so it's, I have some understanding. But the way that QuickBooks worked and I just... I had no idea what she was talking about most of the time. I just trusted that she knew. And the, and I also know better than this. Like my gut was screaming, but I knew better. But it's just 
such a huge transition. So let me set the scenario for you. I'm in her office in December, January, in January, doing taxes. And she made me sit there while she did my taxes, which I honestly, I just want to drop my stuff off and go. But I was sitting there and I thought, okay, well, while while she's going through everything, I'm going to look up and see what she was talking about her being in a little bit of trouble. So I did a little Google search on her. And while I was sitting there, I pulled up the article that she had been indicted for laundering over $200,000. And I looked at my phone and I looked at her and I looked at my phone and I thought, oh, bleep, what the hell am I going to do? And I thought, well, I don't know. I only have like $2,000 in the bank. I think I'm going to notice if something goes awry. Uh, and I really just want my stupid taxes done. And then after they're done, then I'll just fire her and try and find my new person, which is because it's tax season and you can't find a good accountant in the middle of tax season. So I just stuck with my bad one. Um, and so, um, I did fire her after, after I got my taxes done and, um, I, oddly enough, my new accountant just showed up in my life and she is my guest today. I want to introduce you to Jennifer Spidel, who honestly came in and met with me and explained things so incredibly clear that it would be almost impossible not to understand. So, so much gratitude for Jennifer and I'm really excited to share her with you guys. Welcome, Jennifer Spidel. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. That's quite the introduction. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so, so lucky you appeared in my life in January. So thank you so much. Um, so Jennifer Jennifer showed up when my accounting went um, sideways or my accountant went sideways and she just sort of was there for me um, and helped me a ton. Talk about teaching. Jennifer's awesome. When you have questions, she'll teach you like you're a kindergartner, only not talk down to you, but explain things very calmly and slowly. So Jennifer, tell me a little bit about you and what you do for Spidal Office Solutions. Well, I'm the founder of Spidal Office Solutions, and we're coming up on my one-year anniversary. Uh, I Thank you. I'm a, a CPA, which is a certified public accountant, and I have about 12 years experience working in accounting. Uh, I managed the finances of the largest homeowners association in Washington for over five years. Uh, budgets, planning, projections, they're a small city. And I just really realized that my passion was for helping small business owners uh, manage their cash flow and plan for the future. I've done my trenches in the federal income tax uh, season, and, uh, and you don't get to help with looking forward, and that's where my passion lies, that and teaching. So it's yeah. been, been really great to um, work with small business owners to help them realize their financial dreams. Awesome. Cool. So to start off, I want to ask you a little bit of a personal question. Can you tell me about a mistake that you made in your beginning when you started out in the field of accounting? The reason I ask this is because our audience is new practitioners of Chinese medicine. And personally, 
I'm very challenged by not being perfect. (laughs) And so I try to do everything so perfectly and get everything right. And you have to fail, right? You have to make mistakes. You have to, you want to make small failures along the way because you're going to learn more that way. But so I always want, I want my guests to show up and I want to hear your humanness as well. So can you, can you think about and tell me a time maybe when you first started practicing and doing accounting that you made a little error or maybe a little failure? You know, Stacy, I think <laughs> one of the biggest things that I've learned is, is to always get the documentation that you need to go forward and trust that your clients or your managers are giving you the truth, the information that they think is truthful, but then to go ahead and back it up with some sort of documentation. Otherwise, you could go along for nine months thinking an insurance settlement was one thing, only to find the paperwork and realize it is totally different and that that changes everything about your planning. (laughs) So um, I just think that that's just really important. And that's a lesson that has served me well, just to, you know, if you're meeting with new clients and, um, you know, they, I don't, I don't know how, how would that tie into acupuncture? You know, that's definitely an accounting side of it, but I think that you're, you're going to want to make sure that you just get those important documents in writing and, and keep track of your receipts. Um, Mm -hmm. So is there a time that you didn't keep track of everything? Is that what you're Oh, there's definitely a time I haven't kept track of everything. (laughs) I am ashamed to admit that I went over a year without doing my own personal book. (laughs) And that's what I do for other people. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I can honestly say that it's been over two weeks since I actually did acupuncture on myself. So, you know, we do these things. We do these things. (laughs) And it was very time consuming to dig out of that trench. Right. Um, But very fulfilling at the end of it to, to now know where everything is and easy to keep it going forward. So, right. Right. I think we have to make those mistakes on ourselves first before then you're like, oh, so my client might actually be telling me that they have all of this in order, but unless I see it, mm-hmm. they probably don't actually have it in order, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Where's your shoe box? Give it to me. That's all right. We can work with that. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Which is what I used to do. Oh, many years ago, which is awesome. So, so walk me through how you would help a new business owner. What does that look like when somebody calls you? When somebody calls me, the, I think one of the most important questions to ask a new business owner is what are their goals? Mm-hmm. You know, I can talk to them about their business and what their mission is, and I can have ideas for what I think they should achieve, but it's mm-hmm. not my business. It's, it's your business. And what are your goals? Uh, for example, I spoke with um, a dry cleaner here in Bellingham the other day about his accounting and cash flow. And then I asked him what his goals were, and he needs a new furnace and a delivery truck. 
Well, that's <laughs> awesome. I didn't ever guess that. How do I help you get there? How do we make sure you know where your cash is so that way you can achieve those goals? Do we need to get a loan? Let's talk to some banks. Let's negotiate that. Or do you just want to get everything up to date? I've got another small business owner I'm working with. He's four, three and a half years in arrears. And he says, I know. He says, my goal is just to be, I just want to be up to date and know where everything's at. Yeah. Awesome. Let's get you there. And then once everything's up to date, it doesn't have to be so overwhelming anymore. And they can help you keep it there. So you can focus on your business, what you're good at. That's why you went into business was to help people be an acupuncturist. You might not be the best at your books and that's okay. Right. Okay. So what should our goals be? What should your goals be? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have more experience, right? Like you just said, maybe, maybe you aren't going to project what you think our goals should be. Well, but what should our goals be? You know, when, when I look at a business, I think that most business owners want to grow their business, get Mm -hmm. new clients, grow their practice. Uh, What does growing your practice look like? Does that look like doubling your clientele or is it a dollar figure? Let's make some smart goals, smart, measurable, attainable, specific, timely. So, (laughs) SMAST goals. SMAST, oh, did I? Oh, I smart. (laughs) S-M-A. Oh, smart. Let's see. Uh, Measurable, attainable, relevant. Relevant. There we go. Relevant. Relevant. (laughs) You're the accountant. (laughs) I am not the English teacher. No. Good thing there's spell check. (laughs) That was awesome. Okay. So say that again. Say smart Uh, again. Okay, so SMART goals are um, specific, Mm -hmm. measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. Okay. So an example of not a SMART goal would be, I want to grow my business. Okay, well, that's great. How are you going to do that? Mm -hmm. If you made it into a SMART goal... You would say, I'm going to grow my business by increasing my practice 30 clients um, in the next six months. Mm -hmm. And so now you have a specific goal that you're going to increase your practice. It's measurable, 30 clients. It's attainable, hopefully based on your history of getting clients. It's relevant. That's going to help you grow your business. And you've put a timestamp on it in the next six months. And then you can start to build backwards for how you're going to reach that goal. What are the steps along the way to get there? Okay. Okay. So we have goals. We have SMART goals. Mm-hmm. Now, what's next? I would say, uh, as far as goal setting, what does, your, what does your cash flow look like? Do you have the space that you need? Um, do you, are you able to get all the supplies that you need? Okay. So what if I, so what if I have, so let's see here, new practitioner, I -hmm. have my space, I have, Mm -hmm. um, let's see, I have five patients a week coming in. So I have a little bit of, I'm basically maybe covering my overhead at this point, but I realized that I'm making, I'm ordering herbs and prescribing herbs and I, I 
what am I supposed to do? Who do I pay my taxes to? When do I pay taxes? How am I supposed to be um, recording my sales and my expenditures? And where does all of that go? And how do you play a role in that? So you're going to want some kind of accounting software, Mm -hmm. uh, whether that's going to integrate with the rest of your technology, however it is that you manage your clients. And accept payments. You want it all to flow together to integrate with each other so you don't have to do a bunch of manual, time-consuming, fraught-with-error data entry. Okay. (laughs) Fraught-with-error. Very good. (laughs) Yes. So you've got uh, a couple big ones are QuickBooks Online. Now, if you're Mm -hmm. just starting out and you only have five clients, it might not be the most practical solution. It's pushed by a lot of accountants. All of my clients actually use QuickBooks Online but it, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it can be 20 to $40 a month. Um, yep. So some other alternatives are Quicken. Mm-hmm. And Quicken's about $100 a year. Okay. And it's a glorified checkbook. So if you're doing your own books and you're recording your own revenue, it's, it works really nice. It's easy to understand because it's just like your checkbook. Okay. And then where I come in is to either um, do the accounting for you. And so that way you don't have to worry about it. That's the kind of the highest level of service. And then on the other end of that spectrum is to train you how to use the software. How do we get it set up and integrate it with the bank accounts? And what is it that you're looking at? What kinds of reports do you need uh, to see? So you can see, you know, let's take all of your monthly nut expenses and group them together. So you can see how much that is rent, cell phone, insurance, you know, you have to, it's not really variable. Right. Okay. Um, Yep. So that way you can see how much am I spending each month and how much do I have to make to cover that? Right. Your overhead. Your overhead. Yep. And um, then I would come in and just take a look at your books, maybe once a month, once a quarter to see that everything's recorded. Right. And that you're on the right track and we can touch base, uh, see how it's going. I I love training. And so, you know, I can file excise tax returns on your behalf for your company, or I can train you how to do it. I can do the accounting for you, or I can train you how to do it. I just, I think that understanding a little bit about accounting as much or as little as you want is so empowering to a small business owner Mm -hmm. because that helps you see where your money is and, and how, so you can make that next step, get that bigger space, invest in a new table, whatever, whatever those goals are for you. So you can see financially how to get there. Okay. So I'm just going to repeat this back to you because I think what you just said is probably exactly what I think is one of the most important things that a new business owner can understand. If you don't understand where your money's going and how it's going. And, and it's a whole language in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. If, you do not, if you do not understand that, you are not going to be able to attain your SMART goals. You are not going to, you may, but it's just going to be lucky. And the carpet can get jerked out from underneath you. And mm-hmm. I am going to say that I'm speaking from experience right this minute because um, when I met Jennifer in January, I had had an accountant for, 
I don't know, about a year and a half, but she confused me. Every single time I had a meeting with her, I, I left thinking I kind of understood what we talked about. And then I left and tried to do some things. And I was like, I, I feel more confused when I leave her office every single time. But, and it's pretty funny because I'm, I'm a, I'm a big proponent for this is business. We set systems up and then we utilize the system. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I had done that, but my gut kept telling me that this accountant, this is not a good match. This is not benefiting me and my practice. You should not leave confused, but I was Mm -hmm. lazy. (laughs) I was always (laughs) go with that gut feeling. (laughs) I know I was, I felt it and I knew it, but I was lazy because this is one of those things that's really hard to change midstream. It's not, it's not easy to, anyway, doesn't matter. So anyway, I met Jennifer because I had gone sideways with my whole accountant and, um, uh, let's see here. Jennifer did actually, so another mistake that I made was utilizing QuickBooks because I wasn't making enough money to Mm -hmm. justify QuickBooks. And not only that, I only understood the QuickBooks, the small amount that my accountant had explained or that I had figured out on my own. Um, She had set everything up in QuickBooks where I had categories, et cetera, and that was great. But um, I'm all for growing slowly. So if we can, Mm -hmm. um, can you explain the difference between Quicken and QuickBooks? Because I really think this is a really fair and good solution. I think the practitioners can switch over later, but this is a really good way to learn, to hire somebody like you to teach them Quicken and then Mm -hmm. set everything up. And then kind of, this is kind of where we were headed, set everything up and then we go through it and then we meet occasionally just make sure that I'm on track and I understand what's going on. So mm-hmm. can you, sorry, I'll step back now and let you explain a little bit about the difference between QuickBooks and Quicken. Great. I'd be happy to. So personally for my own finances at home, I've used Quicken for, for a dozen years or more. And it is really intuitive. Um, you know, you know how you used to keep your old uh, paper check register with your checkbook? Your mom and dad wrote checks. Mm-hmm. We don't really anymore. But <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, we might be speaking to a lot of much younger people at this point too. So, but it's just a, it's just a balance sheet, basically, right? Yeah, it's it's just it's just a check register. Actually, that's what it looks like on the screen. It looks like a check register. You've got the two, how much it cost, what it was for. It remembers all the vendor that um, you recorded before and where it went to last. And then you can run a report, and it'll show you how much cash came in, how much cash went out. Uh, it links to your bank account, similar to QuickBooks, so you don't have to hand key in all the transactions. Mm. Uh, it's a lot more affordable for small business owners. It does have an online option. It's not as robust. Um, so if you had an accountant like myself looking in on your books, especially now during COVID, we'd probably do it like through Zoom or some other screen sharing platform. So that way I can take a look at what's in your books because it is a desktop program. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Not an online program. So the QuickBooks online, um, it's easier for an accountant to access because it's all online. It's in the cloud. Right. Right. So I can access it when I want to, and you can access it at any time and run reports, et cetera, file taxes, et cetera. Right. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. So Quicken would just take a little more coordination. 
you know, right. to, to see where everything's at and getting access to that, scheduling a time to remote into your desktop. Um, Very good. But it's a lot more affordable, especially for a new person practitioner starting out. And you're correct. You can transition to QuickBooks at a later date if you need more robust features. Um, and, you know, I just, I think that QuickBooks isn't, isn't always very intuitive. And for a small business owner who doesn't understand uh, a lot about accounting, that's, that's not what they went to school for. It can be a little daunting and I find just, I find Quicken more intuitive because it's something that you've seen before. It's a check register. Yeah. So I totally, I totally agree with you. I was lost in QuickBooks a lot and spent way too much time trying to figure it out. So this sounds like a better solution anyway. And now that we have Zoom, that's, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, totally doable. Um, A lot of times as well, our um, electronic health records have... Um, some really great business tools in there as well. So mm-hmm. I kind of see that also as kind of an adjunct to the Quicken in, in, in our ability to produce reports for our accountants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would just be a, a matter of sitting down and showing you what, what our electronic health, health record system can produce as far as business, what, mm-hmm. P&Ls, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Stacey, I've always been really impressed with your technology stack, like the group of technology that you use, the online um, online sign-up patient portal for appointments oh, yeah. and editing appointments. It was just always it was so, it was so handy. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, not all acupuncturists or Chinese medicine practitioners utilize electronic health records, but... Um, so I graduated in 2017 and I just didn't see any reason why not just to start, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, it's where we're going anyway, uh, Mm -hmm. especially now, even more so because of COVID and we can actually do telemedicine or telehealth Mm -hmm. as well. So it's been, and, and our electronic health records companies ponied up and actually, um, created uh, online platforms so that we can do interviews online through electronic health records, not necessarily through Zoom. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, it, yeah, things moved really forward really fast with the electronic health records, and it is really really helpful for our patients that they can just pop online and, and make a make an appointment and show up. And yeah, they're really great, and they and a lot of them have business uh, reports, um, but they're not as I think they're not as, uh, they're obviously not going to be QuickBooks, but mm-hmm. they're, they're just as helpful, right? If you just put them, I think if you put them together with the Quicken to begin to start with, right, mm-hmm. as, a, as a more affordable solution. I think that Quicken is going to give you a more robust report because it's going to have all your expenses recorded in there as well that might not come through your, um, your health um, record system. Oh, true. Because it's linked to your bank account. Very good. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, now, one last question about about that. Um, does Quicken interface with a POS? So in other words, when I, like if I had Square or Intuit or an online credit card processing company, does that mm-hmm. go through Quicken? Or that shows up in your bank account and then it goes to Quicken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you should be. I haven't... Uh, linked Quicken to any POS accounts, but I would imagine that it should link up with the common ones such as Square, okay, um, PayPal, 
Yeah. Okay. Once again, it doesn't really matter because I still, the electronic health record system, if you utilize um, their credit card company, then it goes straight into your business reports in your electronic health records as well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing I wouldn't recommend is keeping, trying to keep track of everything in Excel. No. And you know, what's funny is, um, so I'm older than a lot of people and I, I can't. <laughs> I, I mean, I just, I, I've, I, before I was an acupuncturist, I was a massage therapist. I've worked on people all of my life, not computers. So to think that I could actually do that, that's, that's ridiculous. But I do know people try, right? They do. They do try because they don't want an accounting software. And I just think that you're going to end up doing so much data entry because you've yeah. got to get all the stuff from your bank statements into Excel you can let a program do that for you at a minimal cost. That well, yeah, like a time saver. Totally. And you're talking at like less than $10 a month, right? That's mm-hmm. so cheap. It's so worth it. Mm-hmm. And then having somebody like you set it up so that everything's going in the right category, right? Mm-hmm. So can you, can you talk a little bit about that? What are, we, what are we looking at when we set something like that up? Like what are the categories? Or maybe we should discuss that because- every business is different, right? But can you, mm-hmm. can you talk about that a little bit and maybe talk a little bit about sales tax and how that works? Sure. So, um, you know, I'm going to start off this conversation to say that you really need a dedicated business checking account and a dedicated business credit card mm-hmm. that you try really hard not to use for personal stuff. It just makes it so much cleaner. It um, helps, you know, re-solidify the idea that you're not just a sole practitioner, you're a business because it's all related to the business and not personal expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, totally so agree. Yep. So that's just kind of at the top of that because we've got cash. And then as far as categories for recording your expenses, uh, you know, you, you want categories that make sense to you, that work for you. You know, you're going to have a standard ones, meals and entertainment, travel, um, you know, anytime you go out and it's a business related meal, you get to take that as a deduction on your tax return at 50%, but it's highly audited area. So you're going to want to make sure that you keep track of who you had lunch with and, or dinner and what the business purpose was. Right. And just write that on the receipt and, you know, stick it in your shoebox, enter it in your accounting <laughs> software. You'll have it. What is the importance of the categories? Right. So this uh-huh. is something like, I mean, if somebody's never owned a business, they have no idea mm-hmm. what we're even talking about probably with categories. So, so let's go there. Let's start there. Well, let's just think about um, your home finances. Mm-hmm. Let's, because that's easy for everyone to relate to. And at sure. home, you have all sorts of different types of expenses. You've got your rent or mortgage, property taxes, if you own your home, um, in, insurance, whether that's renter's insurance or home insurance, your cell phone, your water, sewer, garbage, electricity. Those are all different categories of expenses. Okay. And uh, when you're looking at how much it costs to run your home, you're looking at all those different categories and, and how much that costs each month, each year. Uh, and then you have food, you know, at home. And so for a business, it's really similar. Your business has 
Um, very similar expenses. You're going to have a cell phone and utilities, and you're also going to have, in addition, you're going to have your supplies. Um, and it's nice to see how much you spend on certain kinds of things. For example, I spend a lot of money on continuing education. I think it's really important to stay up to date in the industries that you work in. So that way you can be a real thought leader in the industry. Um, and so I split out that, that um, type of expense. It's its own category separate from everything else. So that way I can see how much I'm spending there each year instead of burying it in, you know, office supplies, because I want to know how much I spent on office supplies versus how much I spent on education. That's a good indicator for me. Was it worth it? Did I get leads out of the education that I went to? Did I get, um, did I, did I earn that much knowledge for how much I spent? And if the answer is yes, awesome. That was a good year of spending. And if the answer is no, then I need to reevaluate how I spend that money next year. Okay, so categories so that we as business owners can evaluate where our money's going, what we're doing with it, and if it's actually creating a, an ROI, right? It's great return on investment, right? Yes, correct. Um, so, so that doesn't actually have anything to do with what you need as an accountant, or does it? It does, because I need to know what categories your expenses fit into. And then at a broader level, level the IRS has, um, you know, they have certain categories that they want you to, at a minimum, put your expenses into. You can take a look at the Schedule C. It's called Form Schedule C on your 1040. Assuming you're a sole proprietor, not an S corporation, that's where you'll file your uh, business activity. And so that has about 20 categories on there at a minimum. And then the other ones would be just for, for your knowledge. Like what are specialized things in acupuncture that you like to keep track of separately? Um, I like to keep track of where I'm spending money on supplies, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to know where I'm buying, how, how, many, how many needles I'm buying per year. So, Mm -hmm. or, or how many, how much in supplements I'm purchasing. And I kind of, honestly, me personally, Mm -hmm. I have a couple go-to companies and I sort of like to know, wow, did I spend more money with say Springwind or did I spend more money with Lhasa OMS? Mm -hmm. I, I just sort of, I don't know why yet. I really want to know that, but I do. I do. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you then have a category for needles and a category for um, supplements, then that's going to help you take a look at that. And you can run another report to say, well, now that I'm looking at needles, how much was vendor A and how much was vendor B? Yeah. 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 Perfect. Perfect. Great explanation. See what she did there, guys? She's the best. (laughs) (laughs) That was such a great breakdown. And it is a very basic thing, but I honestly think like, gosh, we're all at different levels here. And so I just want to mm-hmm. really, really make sure that we back up and hit the very, the, the rudimentary aspect of it, like very basic so that everybody can understand. Okay. And so, go ahead. You also asked about sales tax. Yes. Let's talk about taxes. Um, taxes are different in every city, every county, every state. 
So there's there's a lot that goes into taxes, uh, but typically you're going to have, at least here in Washington, in Oregon, there's no sales tax, but here in Washington, in Whatcom County, um, and then there's city of Bellingham. You know, if you are in a city, you might have a city tax on the stuff that your business owns, like the computers and the furniture and your table, your light, anything that's like a big item, um, you're going to pay tax on it. A desk, you know, I'm an accountant, so that's my biggest item (laughs) outside my computer. Um, and then you're going to have usually a county tax that's very similar to the city tax. Sometimes they're even filed on one form and they're just taxing on that personal property of your business, the big items. Um, and then you have in Washington state, we have a sales tax. And so some of the items that you sell may be subject to sales tax and some of the items and services you sell are not subject to sales tax. So you would have to look up on the Department of Revenue website to see specifically about the item or service it is that you have in question and see whether or not that's subject to sales tax. If it is subject to sales tax, you're going to want to charge the um, consumer the sales tax because whether or not you collect it from the consumer at the time of purchase, you have to pay it. So you may as well collect it. Right, right. So just taking it back to Chinese medicine speak, in the state of Washington, we do not have to pay or nobody pays sales taxes on the service of acupuncture. Um, but of course, we do collect sales tax for supplements or any, um, what do we call this, hard goods? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that is tangible that you sell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Okay. So, and then you're going to have what's called excise tax and that's a minimal tax like on, um, on your services. So on the acupuncture services, you don't charge the customer or your client that amount, but you owe that amount to the state each month or quarter or year, whatever schedule they put you on. And as far as Washington state goes, the department of revenue they are so helpful. And I really mean that every time I call the Department of Revenue to ask a question or get something clarified, they help you figure it out, send you the supporting documents. Um, You know, they're not like calling the IRS where you'll be lucky if you get through and you probably won't find an answer. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. No, that's great. That's good to hear. Okay, so that's the one that we tend to pay quarterly, right? Mm-hmm. And that's most, based on most people pay quarterly based on revenue. And that's okay, based on revenue. Define revenue. All the money that you accept in your business, all the payments customers give you, whether that's for um, acupuncture services or for um, herbs, medicines, that sort of thing. Okay, very good. Okay. Um, anything else? There's federal income taxes. Which is what we do at the end of the year, yes. It's yeah. what we do at the end of the year, yes. And you're going to need to make quarterly payments. It's easy to do. There's a link on the IRS website for people who just file a 1040. That's your personal tax return that has your business on it. But as a small business owner, you are subject 
to all of self-employment tax, all 15.3%. Whereas if you were employed by someone, you'd pay half of it and your employer would pay half of it. Now you have to pay all of it. Okay. Regardless, and let's segue here, regardless Mm -hmm. um, whether you're a sole proprietor or you own an LLC? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So as a single member LLC, that's still going to it's recognized as a sole proprietorship by the IRS for mm-hmm. tax purposes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the only way you would shift that is if you were an S corp, right? That is, we could be an S corporation or a C corporation. Okay. Or, or you could have more than one owner. Okay. Why don't you talk about that for a few minutes? Let's, let's, let's dive into that one. That's a, sounds really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, choice of entity is always, uh, choice of entity is always really confusing. And that is something that I think that each business owner should go and talk to a tax professional and also an attorney about. They're going to have slightly different viewpoints, different opinions. And I know that starting out, you may not want to um, expend that cost, but getting the right choice of entity is really important. Okay. You, and it's important because you want to make sure that if you um, if you're if you're performing acupuncture services on a client and something goes terribly wrong and they mm-hmm. claim that they are now injured from that and that they're going to sue you, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you have selected an entity type that's going to protect all your personal assets, your home, your personal checking account, your car from being taken in this lawsuit if that was the you know the end result. Okay. You want to make sure they just can get to the assets of the business, not your mm-hmm. personal assets. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so so backing mm-hmm. up real quick. So once again, just pretending like we don't know a single thing. Mm-hmm. When you start a business, you have to choose what type of entity. And entities are sole proprietorship, LLC. S Corp, C Corp? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so we need to choose between those. And mm-hmm. I realize that you cannot give, or you pro- maybe you can, I don't know, um, recommendations. But what you're saying is, honestly, and I know this from personal experience, sole proprietorship is where you can, you can lose all of your personal assets if you are sued. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So that sole proprietor as an acupuncturist, Chinese medicine practitioner is a big no-no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Probably okay. not. Not probably not the best option. No, you know, I think that many accountants recommend uh, S corporations because that's easier for them, mm-hmm. and a lot of attorneys recommend LLCs because that's easier for them. They're more easy flexible. for them, like easier for the accountant and easier for the lawyer. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, kind of like yeah. QuickBooks was easier for my accountant. Yeah. Exactly, but yeah. maybe not the best tool for you. No, exactly. Okay, very yep. good. So, um, so personally, I'm an LLC. Uh, so I'm a single member LLC. It flows through on my tax return. Um, I think with the amount of revenue that I bring in, that that makes the most sense for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you know, typically, once you are making over, you no, know, it depends on your tax bracket. You're really going to want to go to a, a tax accountant, have them look at your tax return. And make sure that 
you, you know, at some point being an S corporation is better tax wise and it's mm-hmm. worth the extra expense to file that return. And you still have all the right. same protection benefits. And that's one of the reasons that you want to make sure that you have this business bank account and your business expenses separate from your personal stuff, because that affirms that you really are an LLC, that you really are an S corporation. Yes. Yes. Yes, and we also are subject to being audited too. So you really want to keep that that pretty that line pretty defined. Correct? Correct. Okay, so here's a question. If you're filing, so say I start my practice and I'm trying to, you know, I'm starting with nothing. Many of us do. A lot of people mm-hmm. go in with assets, but a lot of us start with zero. Mm-hmm. Um and scrap our ways up. So mm-hmm. um best to start perhaps then as an LLC. This came up for me because I was entering my second year of business and um, we were taking a look at what I was bringing in and Mm -hmm. toying with the, we meaning my prior uh, accountant, um, looking at trying to decide whether uh, I was going to file as an LLC or an S corp. Um, But it ended up that because I wasn't really making that much money or mm-hmm. it, that it was just much better to file as an LLC. Now, mm-hmm. next, well, haha, I was going to say next year, but yeah, that's not going to be the case because it's COVID. So um, someday when I'm making more money, <laughs> <laughs> it may behoove me to go back and or not go back, but to move forward and, and file as an S corp. Yes. Yeah. So can you, can you mm-hmm. wobble back and forth between the two or how does that work? So you can't wobble back and forth, but <laughs> you can, once you're an LLC, you can elect to be an S corporation. That's, okay. uh, that's a form that your tax, your federal tax accountant will file on your behalf and got a certain window that you can do that in each year. So depending on when you file it, you might have to wait one more year. Um, Another consideration for S corporations is that in some states, not in Washington, if you are an S corporation because you're paying, you are required to pay yourself a wage, a W-2 wage as an S corporation, because because you're doing that, you uh, might be eligible for unemployment benefits in Washington state, that's not the case. So there's no benefit as far as unemployment goes or unenjoyment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and this is relevant. This is very, very relevant um, right now, right? Because a Mm -hmm. lot of small business owners, we got we got kind of jumbled up and um, depending on your state and how your governor's handling the situation, a lot of states, um, these business owners are not able to collect unemployment, um, which is kind of sucky (laughs) it is you know the small business owner has really gotten the yeah the the short end of the stick for sure as far as benefits and being able to continue doing business through covid you know the small business owner wants a grant like the big corporations yeah on a 30-year loan loan at yeah 3.75 percent interest i mean that's nice and it'll keep the business going but why couldn't they be given a grant exactly exactly Exactly. Wow. That's a whole nother podcast, isn't it? It is. It is. It is a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And and if, and if you're new in business, then you you might not quite get what we're talking about, but ultimately um, if you are in business, you know exactly what we're talking about. And that means that um, 
big corporations are getting help, whereas the small businesses, we have to apply for loans in order to keep our businesses afloat, which is just insane. And a lot of states obviously are not get, uh, sharing unemployment um, with with small business owners that have tanked. And so then if your business tanks and you can't file for unemployment at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That happened to me during the recession, the last recession, what, 08 or whatever it was that I was doing massage and it all went belly up eventually. And I couldn't collect anything. Yeah. Mm. That's, okay. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It was, it was brutal. That's so, brutal. You know, <laughs> I learned a if, lot. <laughs> if, if we circle back around to one of the things that you said a few minutes ago, which was that uh, small practitioners are starting off with nothing and, and building it up as they go and as they can, one of the ways that people sometimes finance that is with credit cards. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's, really important to know that, uh, a little bit more about credit cards. So, okay. So we have, um, you know, everyone knows you have a a personal credit score and reports to, Mm -hmm. um, the three major credit bureaus. But what a lot of people don't know is that there are, there are business credit bureaus separate from personal credit bureaus and your business, your LLC can earn its own credit score in the business credit bureaus. Mm -hmm. Now, personally, if you carry too much debt to how much your uh, credit limit is, that really hurts your credit score over time, especially if you carry that balance. But as a new business, you might need to carry a balance for a while, even though the interest rate is high, because that's the only way you can finance it at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Uh, so whatever credit card you get for your business, you want to make sure that it only reports to the business credit bureaus because the business credit bureaus expect that you're going to carry a balance and they does not ding your personal credit score by carrying that balance. And it doesn't ding your business credit score as long as you're making your payments on time, because that's what they expect businesses to do is to have a balance. But I've seen um, one of my friends, he started his own business and he didn't realize that. He just got a credit card through a local credit union. That particular credit card for his business only reported to the personal credit bureaus. He carried a balance on that card and it tanked his credit score over 100 points in a year. Mm, Okay. Okay. So you really want to make sure that you call a credit card company and just ask, what credit bureaus does this report to? Mm, Okay. Or couldn't you go through your bank that you have your business um, account through? You know, you would think so, but I know that our local credit union, their business credit cards don't report to the business credit bureaus. Oh, very good. Because I would have just naively gone, well, I'll just go there and get that. Oh, very good. Yeah, you know, big ones that do report um, like a Costco credit card for business reports to the Mm. business credit bureaus. Okay. That's great to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, but once again, don't use your don't use your business card for your personal stuff. That's right. Just for business stuff. Costco. Costco. <laughs> sort out those purchases at the I check stand. Totally, right? It's so okay. tempting. So tempting. <laughs> they say that they have people come through with a cartload of goods and they want it run on five orders. It's typical. Don't be afraid to ask to split up your order. <laughs> <laughs> How to shop at Costco. Very good. <laughs> Okay. Is there anything else that we haven't covered that you would like to share with the listeners? I 
I just want to share with listeners that uh, as a small business owner, you have made a huge step by going out on your own and taking all of your knowledge that you have for your in your passion for people, for acupuncture, for Chinese medicine, and you've started this business. And that is amazing. And that sometimes the finances and the accounting can seem a little daunting. And, and that's okay. You're not alone. And definitely reach out to someone like myself who can help you make sense of that, who can teach you or do it for you, whatever makes the most sense. So that way you can know where you're at financially because mm-hmm. most small businesses fail because they don't know where they're at financially. That's, that's, that's not your strong suit. So just, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, just recognize nope. that and surround yourself with people who, who are good at what they do. My strong yeah. suit is not caring like holistically for my body. That's why I go see you, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so tell, tell the listeners where they can find you. Uh, well, you can find me on my website. That's www.spidalofficesolutions.com. And that's S as in Sam, P as in Paul, I as in Ida, D as in Doug, L, E, um, officesolutions.com. It's my last name. It's a little funky. <laughs> no, it's great. And we can put that in the show notes too. So you guys can find that in the show notes. Um, and uh, so... Basically, what I gather is that you can help us in any aspect. You can help set us up. You can help set our quicken up. You can Mm -hmm. pay our taxes for us if we don't want to do that. Then if we don't want to do that, you can teach us. Mm -hmm. So, And if you don't already have a tax accountant, someone to help you with those federal income taxes, I have um, a colleague and he and I work really closely together. He's got a master's in taxation, doesn't like bookkeeping. So... Definitely have um, people I can refer you to uh, if you need that additional resource. Very good. Very good. All right. I think this is a good time to wind down. Thank you so much for spending some time with me here today. I totally appreciate you, my friend. And (laughs) thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. Yeah. It's it's my first podcast. It's pretty exciting. You and me both. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that concludes my first AccuSprout podcast interview. It only took a year and a pandemic to happen. (laughs) Hey, Jennifer wanted to offer $100 off of your first month or a quarter of bookkeeping with her. So you can head over to her website at spidalofficesolutions.com. And the key phrase for that is Sprout. Also, if you liked today's episode, be sure to subscribe because next visit is going to be with a very familiar voice that you know probably extremely well. Mr. Michael Max is going to come on the podcast with me and we're going to talk a little bit about business. So tune in for that. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate you guys. And if you appreciate this podcast, it would be amazing if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a 
great review. And if you don't like what I'm doing, then that's okay. No worries. Just skip it.